Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we will study God's Word. Good morning, PCC. I'm Brian Wren, your transition lead pastor. This is my friend Caitlin, and we're about to have a seat to share a story with you today. We are in the season of Advent, and you've heard it said that Advent is celebrating the arrival. It's preparing us for the arrival, not just of revisiting the birth of Jesus, but specifically, specifically looking and hoping for the second coming. And so as we sit here and begin uh, sharing with you today, my hope is that you would experience hope in a fresh way today. This is Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. I'm good. Thanks for joining us. Stick that mic right up there next to you so we can hear from you today. Caitlin uh, is someone who's been coming to PCC. He's had exposure to PCC as a kid, but really he's gotten serious about coming to PCC recently. By day, uh, she's a nurse assistant in Stanford. And tell us something just to start off. What do you love about being a nursing assistant down at Stanford? Um, What I love most about being a nurse assistant is... I get to see, it brings me back to what's like the importance with this life. Um, I see so many goodness, even though there's terrible things that happen every day, but Mm -hmm. it's that connection that you have with others where you know that, you know, they're in pain and they're lonely and makes me know that like I have, I have those feelings too. And it just makes me feel like we we're in this together in this life and so good. And I, yeah. Go ahead. I do feel the strongest when I'm in the my in the hospital. With I have feel like I'm have a like a strong relationship with God too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something we were sharing about, and you can hear the empathy in her voice, can't you? Caring, compassionate person, obviously wired, made for what she's doing. But it's neat to hear how much you enjoy it. It's a place that God has called you to, and you're finding joy there while you meet the needs of others. You've been on this journey of life. Uh, you're a young adult, and the reality is you've had two very significant things in your life that have caused you a time to lose hope. One was when you were younger that continues a bit through today, and one was more recent. Tell us about the first one. Uh, what, where did you find yourself losing hope uh, when you were younger? Um, when I was younger, I was eight years old, and I experienced my first panic attack, and then I thought I was dying. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Yeah. Um, and then from then on out, I suffered really bad anxiety and still deal with panic attacks from time to time. So I lose hope when I feel like I don't have control. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then recently, um, this February, I lost my boyfriend, um, unexpectedly and tragically so I'm that's when I lost tremendous amount of hope in my life yeah um so his name was Sean Sean yeah Yeah, they've been dating for three years there was this hope of a future and in February it was tragically tragically taken away during that season and just prior it was interesting how God was putting hope before you or helping you see his potential hope Speak to what happened a few weeks, a few months prior to Sean's death. Um, a couple weeks, I mean, I was raised Catholic, and then when I, was, when I was a kid, I only had the urge of wanting to go to church for donut day. Um, and We can and, all relate. And, and then years, I would just, you know, I always believed in God, but I didn't feel like I 
you know, needed to go to church. And I, but recently, a few weeks, a month before Sean passed, mm-hmm. I had like this urge inside of me of like, I need to start going to church. I need to build a stronger um, relationship with God. And my friend came back from college, Nova, and we went on a hike and we both agreed we were going to go to the PCC. And so a couple of weeks you know, before he passed, yeah. I was, I started going here. Yeah. So then Sean dies during that season when you're attending here. And in his loss, as you've said to me, you really began to see how God gave you hope through his goodness. Yeah. That there were some actually good things that he began to put in front of you after that loss. Speak to some of those things that were actually not things, but people. Who were those people that actually br- help God help bring you hope in that loss? So I would say Stephen Ministry has been there for me right from the beginning mm. to this day now. Danielle Dearborn has been a tremendous amount of help in my life. Like, she has been an angel. Um, Scott, Summer, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, patients that I work with, they, they have healed me through my journey. Yeah. Um, and... Sean, I want to say, has been, he's given, he's given me the most hope yeah. with my life, the way he lived his life to the fullest and yeah. spread so much kindness um, to so many people. Yeah, that example. That yeah. Example. Speak to now. Um, you were talking about a song, The Goodness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it about the goodness of God that continues to give you hope today? That song, I just, it's, it's more just on a feeling because I just see so much goodness and I feel so much goodness. Um, there's not really like an explanation mm-hmm. about it. Um, but just that song, it's very inspiring. Same yeah. as Firm Foundation, I would be singing that song, especially the, like, the first few months yeah. during the grieving process. But... Um, it's amazing how God can use a song to help you find stability in yeah. your time of need. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for sharing you. today. And I'd love us to just put a hand out and let's pray for Caitlin. Lord, we acknowledge that you are the rock, you are the foundation. And thank you uh, in this early journey that Caitlin is finding the foundation of your hope here at PCC. Thank you how it's being found through people. Thank you how it's being found through your word. Thank you how it's being found through a song. And Lord, we just ask that you would continue to comfort her. And thank you, Lord, uh, that she's being healed as she participates in the healing of others in her job. And Lord, just go before her and continue to give her comfort. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we clap for her today? Thank you. Peace to you. She's bold, isn't she? And isn't it wonderful how God is showing her hope through his goodness? As we continue to journey together during these next six weeks, the first aspect of Advent that we'll talk about today, as you've heard it said already, is hope. And I actually think hope is one of the greatest gifts that we can be given. Think about life without hope. We've all come to a point similar to Caitlin in our lives, whether it's a panic attack 
or loss of a person, loss of a job, loss of something where we actually feel hopeless, hopeless. And so today, I'm desiring for us to really hold on to hope in a new way and look at it in a new way and experience it in a new way. There's five other words that during this Advent season I hope we can look at in a new way. Besides hope, there's peace and there's joy and there's love. On Christmas Eve, we'll be talking about life. And then on the first Sunday in the new year, we'll be talking about his presence. But just let's revisit those words. Hope, peace, joy, love, life, his presence. Those are gifts from above, folks. Those are gifts from above. Those aren't something we can actually wrap up and be handed and unwrap and put on. But just like Caitlin, you can experience it. There's a mystery to it, isn't there? That we can have hope in all circumstances. As we journey through this, I just don't want you to experience this on Sunday. But during the week, we have opportunities where we have a 28-day devotional that you can start tomorrow. You can get on our website and click it. It's, it's on your Bible, if you have the U, or it's on your phone if you have the YouVersion app. Uh, it's called Advent Reflections. Uh, you also can pick up in the back. I forgot to bring mine up. There's, these, there's an Advent um, calendar cards that you can put on your table and every day read and look at one. There's a PDF you can get online. There's weekly videos. All these are accessible to you. I'm wanting us to experience these words in 3D, in fullness, in the depth of our soul. If I had to say what I was really hoping for, it would be the word astonishment. When's the last time that you were actually astonished, where you were surprised, there was this wonder, there was this amazement, where it put you in a different thought, it put you in a different gave you a different perspective. I was recently up at Muir Woods. How many of you have been to Muir Woods? Probably so many of us. But I hadn't gone in probably 20 years, and I was kind of like, ho-hum, we're going to Muir Woods, you know. But my dad had never been there. and Actually, my dad had been there, but it had been like 40 years, and I'm not sure. I, maybe all of us had been there before, but we decided to go. It was a week ago Friday. And as we walked around, the wonder began to rise in me. The questions, how old are these trees? How did they survive? God, you make these things that are so old and you sustain them. And I was astonished. Been to a birth lately? Probably not many of us. But maybe a puppy? Isn't it astonishing when the child comes out in the little hand? How about when the check shows up? Are you astonished and surprised when it came in the mail and you didn't expect it and it provided? That's hope. That's astonishment. What about when the person changes? You never thought they would, but you hoped they would. And finally, that year, that season, they changed. That's hope. How about the healing? The pain that had been there, the pain that had been taken away, Maybe even in death, there can still be hope when that happens. This is astonishment. I hope you experience astonishment with all of these words and concepts, because otherwise they're just kind of dead and they're not alive in our soul. Let's pause and ask for that. 
Lord, we ask as we continue right now that you would enable each of us to experience all these gifts from above in a fresh way. May the scripture come alive. May the illustrations matter and stick with us, Lord. And in the end, God, may we be in awe and in wonder of what you have for us. So go before us now. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Our big idea today is this. Our hope is based on a firm foundation of Christ. Our hope is based on the firm foundation of Christ. Where are my Legos? If you think about Legos, you can't build anything unless you have this firm foundation. If that's unstable, if that's broken, you just can't add and keep building. Is that right, kids? You just, you need a firm foundation to to build on. I want you to consider how hope is based on a firm foundation. Because with our big idea being today, our hope is based on a firm foundation of Christ. I want you to understand first the difference between worldly hope and biblical hope. Here's what's interesting if you think about it. Worldly hope is really not based on something. Think of the concept, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. All right? There's doubt. When you look at the English language, there's doubt built into the word hope. But if you look at Old Testament and New Testament language, the word hope, there's no doubt built into it. There's assurance. There's a guarantee. In essence, there's no doubt about it. When they're hoping, they're saying it will come true versus I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Do you see the difference? There's, with the biblical concept of hope, there is an assurance. It's based on something. The reality is, did anybody else try to play, is it called Powerball, Super Lotto, whatever it was, billion dollar dream? Can you relate to that? I even got lured in a little later because I was hoping I could win that because I was started to think about all the things I would do with it. Raise your hand if you thought like that. Be honest with me. Yeah, look at us. And it was, I think it was a Wednesday and it was like up to a billion and I'm like, I got a chance. I got a chance. I, I, I'm standing on this. I got a potential chance. I was hoping to win the lotto. Turns out I got distracted that day and I never went and bought my ticket. And then I saw it got delayed around 10 o'clock because the machines weren't working or something. Then that made me go, this is rigged. But then I went, no, 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 maybe not. And then I was like, well, maybe I can still get a ticket. I was still hoping at 10 o'clock when it was delayed over security reasons that I could still get in on it. That's how much I was hoping. Well, let's face it. That's, there's no guarantee there. There's some doubt about that. But lottery versus life with Jesus There's a lot more we can stand on there. There's no doubt about it. It does take faith. Now, let's let's take this illustration up from Legos that have a foundation to a piece of a foundation. When I ponder the scriptures and I ponder what it means to stand on a firm foundation, I realize my hope is different than just hoping I win the lottery, or hoping it doesn't rain tomorrow. One author says this, hope in the Bible is a word that is about confidence, security, and being without care. 
Therefore, biblical hope is a confident expectation of assurance based on a sure foundation for which we wait with joy and full confidence. In other words, what? There's no doubt about it. Therefore, biblical hope is a reality and not a feeling. Does that make sense? Biblical hope is a reality, not a feeling. And let me give you three reasons why it's a reality, why I can stand on this, and it's a firm foundation. Here's the three reasons. The first is the character of God. That's part of the basis of this. You know what the second reason is? The Word of God and all the promises. Do you remember how many promises there are in the Bible for us? Almost 8,000 promises. So our hope, our hope, which is the firm foundation of Christ, is based on the character of God. It's based on the Bible and the promises of God, and it's based on, look at the cross, the work that's been done on the cross. So this isn't just, I hope so. This is, I can what? Hope. This isn't, I think it might rain tomorrow. This is, no, no, no. I can have assurance that these things will happen and will fall through. Our challenge in life is we're a bit impatient with God's timing. Wouldn't you agree? So the reality is, and I want you to have those down. Do you have them down? Because Peter tells us that we need to be able to answer for the hope that we have. And now you have the answer. There's three reasons why you can stand firm on the hope in Christ. It's the character of God. It's the promise of God that comes through the Bible, and it's the work that's done on the cross. Do you have those? Those are what we stand on. And when we lose hope, we can come back to those things. It's interesting, um, throughout the Bible, there's all these statements about God being a rock and a firm foundation. See him as I take you through him on the screen. He, is on, he only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Life gets shaky, but we can come back and stand on this foundation and find stability. It's a gift. That's what hope is. Look at this next line. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. We don't understand the concept of cornerstone, but in Old Testament, they always had the cornerstone. And in the New Testament, when they built buildings, there was a cornerstone. It was the main block that they had to get in. It was the beginning. It was the basis. It was the foundation. And that's what this passage is saying about Jesus. Look at also Paul says in Corinthians, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we've already have in whom? Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Can we clap for that? Now we know this, in order to stand on this, hope and faith go together, don't they? You got to have, that's where, that's where you overcome doubt, where it takes faith to stand on that and live into that. And in Hebrews, it says this, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Do you realize that the story of hope has a really long history, but it also has a very present future for us? The story of hope has a very long history, but it also has a very present future for us. 
Let me take you back. I want you to see when hope was first decreed that it was coming our way. As we go through Advent, each week I want you to see how there was a prophecy around each of these gifts from above and how then it was fulfilled in Jesus and then how it was given to us to live into today. It's a beautiful story that was there from long ago, just wanting us to participate in today. You go back to Caitlin's story. God knew what was going to happen in her life, and he destined hope from her from long ago till right now. It's the same for each of us, isn't it, that there's hope? Look at this first passage. It's a prophecy from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was this crazy prophet who was declaring these things that were going to happen some 800 plus years into the future. People thought he was crazy, but he was declaring a future hope. Hear this passage. It starts off like this. Here is my servant whom I uphold. This is Isaiah 42, 1 to 4. My chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice in the streets. Do you hear what it's saying there? There's one that's coming, but he won't make a big clamoring. He will be humble in his coming, but he will bring justice to the nations. It goes on to this. He's a bruised reed. He will not break. A smoldering wick that will not be snuffed out. In faithfulness, what will he do? He will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he established justice on this earth. In his teaching, the islands or the nations will put their hope. This is Isaiah prophesying that Jesus will come. Now, if we flip to the Gospels, if you go to Matthew 12, Matthew 12 shows the fulfillment of this. Jesus has been out teaching. The Pharisees are ready to kill him. They're trying to snuff him out. They're trying to break the reed. He's trying to bring justice. And look what it says. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. But a large crowd followed him. And he healed all who were ill. He warned them not to tell others. Remember, it said in the prophecy, he will not shout. He will not cry out. He will not raise his voice in the street. And then Matthew goes on to write, He warned them not to tell others about him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He goes on then to reestablish and restate the prophecy from Isaiah, and he uses the final line, and because of the way it's translated, it says it a little different. It says this, In his name, the nations will put their hope. Nations meaning all of us. God yearning for all of us. This is the God who wants all of us to come to hope in him. This same hope then had to be lived into. Who's one of the biggest doubters in the Bible? Throw out a name. A guy named Thomas. Who was one of the ones, though, who had also a lot of challenge in following Jesus? I'd say it's Peter. All right? Can you relate to Peter? So close to him, trying to stand, trying to stand on the firm foundation, falling off himself, and in the end, denies him three times. But look what Peter says later on. In 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5, here's what it says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into what? A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So let's just stop there. In God's goodness that Caitlin talked about today, he is endless mercy for us. Can I get an amen for that? 
in God's goodness, he is endless mercy for us. And what's so fantastic about his endless mercy, it ushers in hope. How did it do that? Through the work on the cross, which is one of the foundational pieces. And look what it says. He gives us this hope, and then it goes on to say, hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and then into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This is eternal life. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through what? Faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So remember, Advent's about what? Celebrating the birth of Jesus, but it's also about acknowledging there's even this future hope that's coming where God will reestablish the world and there will be this heavenly dwelling that we all participate in. Folks, I want us to consider what life would be like without hope and with this hope. So let's start with the positive and I want you to consider how you've experienced these things. And I want you to, again, to be astonished how in those circumstances you were able to. So let's look at the positives first. With Christ as our foundation, we have hope in what? A loving God. If Christ died for us, that proves we have this loving God. And then we are actually given a spirit within us that can guide us. Just raise your hand if you've experienced the loving God and the Spirit of God. Yeah, that's why most of us are here. We're either wanting more of that or wanting to acknowledge that. Look what we then experience personally, even more deeply. With hope, there's the forgiveness of sin. Without hope, our sins would not be forgiven. We would be hopeless and condemned to God's wrath. But we have with Christ this hope of the forgiveness of sin. I think forgiveness of sin is one of the greatest things ever. Ever! And I love that there's no doubt about it that my sins are forgiven. Have you ever pondered if there's, have you ever doubted that your sins are forgiven? In humanity, you most naturally would. But for some reason, I don't doubt that. I know when I confess my sins, that he's faithful and just and will purify me from all unrighteousness. There is so much hope in that. Because if you lived my sinful life, okay, and my crazy thoughts, I should be condemned for those. But I have hope in the forgiveness of sin. How about purpose in life? Did you see a woman and hear of a woman living into her purpose up here? Through Christ, we have hope in our purpose. How about perspective in trials? Without the hope of Christ, we don't have perspective in the midst of our trials. We are just hopeless. Raise your hand if you've had an experience where God's given you a better perspective on your trials than you could come up with. It might have taken time. You might have wrestled and felt hopeless. But in the end, he came through. And then how about compassions for others? When we receive that, all that compassion from Christ based on the foundation, I believe we have the hope that we can pass it on to others and care for them. Without the hope, we don't have any of these. I love what is stated in Romans 15, 13, how hope is the basis for the rest of these 
great gifts from above. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we close today, here's my question for you. What is your hope based on right now? At my worst, I fall off the rock, and you know what my hope's based on? My financial status, how good I did in this message today, my health, how my kids are doing. Anybody else relate to this? But when I can get loose to that, I can stand on the hope that he has a purpose for me, he can help me through trials. Whatever comes my way, God will be with me. That is the hope we're standing on today, folks. And as we begin Advent, we can clap for that. As we close today, I want to give you a chance to experience it. There's a prayer on the screen today. Whether you've come and acknowledged the hope of God before or you've never done it, would you take a moment, read through that prayer, and then would you give yourself the opportunity to re-receive it or receive it for the first time? Father, go before us. May you be the foundation that becomes our hope more and more. This is your time. Receive that prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.